This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 60. Hey, the big 6 The big 6 <laughs> 60 episodes old. Wow. What? How did that happen? I was just about to say that. How did we get there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose they fly by because we do, um, we do them weekly. They sort of fly by, don't they? Yes, that's a yeah. good point, yeah. Mm. As the weeks roll by. Mm. Um, it was weird, actually. When I very first started doing the podcast, I think I remember on the very first show when I was really, that very first one, when I was all nervous and bumbly, I think I said something like, so I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to do this um, uh, uh, weekly or fortnightly. I, I'm not quite sure yet. But it's no, I, re- <laughs> I remember. Yeah, cause I, used to, I listened to you right from the, from the beginning before I joined. Yeah, I remember you saying stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. sort of sometimes you'd, you'd be one a week and then there'd be like a three week gap. And I think, oh, he's gone. Yeah. Then you come back. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad we've got uh, a schedule. Yeah, it's good. I do. I, being a geek, I like my schedules. I like my lists. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're like Love all that. huge like OCD about stuff, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Well, are you as bad as me? Because I'm terrible. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we'd get on that well with old um, Colin Baker, you know. No, no. I, I just think, yeah, his hatred of lists and all that stuff, we'd just clash, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's great. Thank you for joining us for episode 60. It's all, all good. And it's, um, it's, all, it's kind of at the beginning of series nine as well so we've got um quite a few weeks more until that's up how many episodes is it in this series um so we're four in so far this week's is five isn't it yeah so we've got another 10 is it another eight something like that mm. Mm, which is good because i'm i tell you what i don't know about you but i well obviously not talking about this week's episode but so far uh pretty strong series i think series nine i would agree mate Mm-hmm. Yep, that might strong. change after today's review. We don't know. Don't want to give anything away, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so far looking good, and I'm I'm loving I'm loving Saturdays. Although I have missed a couple. I don't know about you, but um, I do like to watch watch it live. And uh, mm-hmm. the last two weeks, um, I haven't been able to watch it live. I don't know about you, so I've sort of come in, and but it's good because I'll sort of even if it's late, I've been like desperate to watch it on you know on the night. So I'll yeah. come in and put it on. Um, but I think, yeah, what was it? Bef- no, not before the flood. Under the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I ended up watching about sort of half 11 at night. And yeah, it's good, though. I, I like the fact I'm still keen to watch it because, um, yeah, I think during the Matt years, it sort of slightly dwindled a bit. Like I'd think, oh, I'll watch it tomorrow if I missed it and stuff like that. Whereas Capaldi, I just have to watch it as soon as possible. Yes. If you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I think we're all like that at the moment. Because yeah. um, cause he's kind of hitting his stride at them, you know, and he's really into it. And it's such such great Doctor Who at the mm. moment I think yeah we're all like that we all really want to watch it as it comes on and uh, it was really cool as the lead up to series 9 as well when everybody was saying how are you going to watch it you're at home you're going out somewhere um, yeah so it's good that everyone's getting together to watch it as well on a Saturday night 
Actually, that's the other good thing is um, I have to watch it soon because there's, you know, obviously loads of people chat about it afterwards. And uh, I love going on the forums um, and just seeing what people have thought of the episodes and stuff. Um, I think traveling back on Saturday, I, I'd obviously already seen the episode because we get the preview. But, I, you know, I had sort of got back in time to watch it on the proper telly, which I still enjoy more. It's great seeing them early, but I just love watching it properly on the TV. And um, it was just great traveling back on Saturday and just reading all the comments and seeing what people thought of the episode and stuff. I, I love it. There's so much discussion going on around this series. Yeah. Yeah, which is brilliant, you know. It is good. Um, because there's always, there's always loads of opinions flying around, isn't there? Always, oh, yes. Always loads of chatter and opinions and stuff like that. But in a way, it's really good because it just shows that, it, you know, the show is still as popular as ever. And if, you know, the whole world, basically, it feels like the whole world's talking about, especially after an episode is finished on a Saturday night mm. and, you know, Twitter's going crazy and, and that sort of stuff. It is, it is very good. You know, despite anyone's negative, you know, opinions and all that stuff, it just shows that um, it's as popular as ever. Yeah, I was just going to say that because, I mean, I know there's been a lot of discussion in the last few weeks about ratings being down and stuff like that, but I'm not worried about that. I'll only worry when people stop talking about it yeah. that's when i'll worry when people are not talking about it too i think that's that's when you worry but i'm not too concerned about the ratings to be honest because they get bumped up with all the you know overlights don't really mean anything but they get bumped up over the week but yeah you know everybody's talking about it which is great uh-huh mm-hmm. uh-huh uh yeah so before we get on to some newsy bits and um our review of uh, before the flood uh you've been up to anything cool well, we're sort of kind of living um, parallel lives, I reckon, at the, this week, mate, because um, I've been listening to Doom Coalition, and I know you've been listening to Doom Coalition, the new eight, Eighth Doctor audio from Big Finish. Um, yeah, I don't know how far you've got. I've listened to the first story, which is called The Eleven. Me, um, me too. I've yeah. finished disc one, essentially. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And um, I'm hoping I might not happen, but I'm hoping I'll get a chance to listen to the next part today because, uh, well, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it. I was doing the ironing yesterday. I had it on full blast and, and I found myself really engaged in it because sometimes I do zone out a bit. I don't realize I'm doing it, but if I'm doing, you know, I often listen to Big Finish when I'm doing other things. So sometimes I zone out a bit and then I'm like, oh, what's going on? I found that I, I was really engaged in this one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It was it was a spare of the moment thing for me as well because I hadn't pre-ordered it. Mm. And I got an email through from Big Finish to say um you know, go and grab Doom Coalition now. It's on a special price sort of thing. And yeah. when I, I clicked on the link and I thought, mm, I don't know why I'm clicking on this link because I know I'm going to get to the website and it's going to be 40 odd quid. Um but it was still on the web special, it was 20 pounds. Oh, cool. So I thought, yeah, I'll just do it. So um yeah, so I haven't got the physical disc yet, but I've just got the. Um, they give you the the MP3s, don't they? Yeah, basically, so. as soon as re- as soon as it's released, you get the download. I haven't got the actual physical disc yet. Um, I got a dispatch email, so apparently it's on its way. But yeah, I, same as you, I just uh, as soon as it was in the download, I, I downloaded it. So yeah, looking forward to the next part of that. I think it's going to be good. I was I was chatting to some other Who fans in a chat actually about it, and they they mistook what I said because I said, oh, I've just listened to part one. And they were like, oh, and they started talking about the other story. I was like, no, 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 I don't mean Doom Coalition part one. I mean part one story. <laughs> so oh, I was like, right, don't, right. don't say anything else. Don't tell me anymore. So, uh, <laughs> but they were sort of talking about the next story, saying they really enjoyed it and stuff. So I'm, uh, 
yeah, I'm hoping to get my teeth into that either this afternoon or certainly later this week because um, it's good. McGann's so good, isn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. I don't want to oh. really talk about it too much because it's only literally just come out. So if you guys have, have ordered it and you haven't listened to it yet. Good point. Um, yeah, we'll yeah. probably speak a bit more about it next week, but um, mm. it's a cracking story. It uh, is. Yeah, and you know, production-wise as well, it's like typical big finish. It sounds really nice. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and Paul McGann, he's really good. I love him. I love him on Big Finish. I know. Do you good know stuff. the first thing I did after listening to it? Because um, I have met Paul, and yeah, being a bit of a, again, go back to the completest OCD in me, I was thinking, I haven't got a Doctor Who picture signed by him. Uh, when, when I met him, I, uh, I had a, t- a difficult choice because his autograph was quite expensive when I met him at Collectomania many years ago. Hello there. Hello. You, you must be Adam. Hi. Hello, Paul. Go on, flashbacks. flashbacks. Wow, this is quite the moment. That... So, Paul, very nice to meet you. Um, you've got some Doctor Who autographs and you've got some Withnail and I autographs. And I was very torn because I've got a Withnail and I picture um, signed by Richard E. Grant and I wanted him to sign the other side. And so right. I was really, uh, so I was difficult because I couldn't afford to get a Doctor Who picture as well. So in the end, I got him to sign the Withnail and I picture. So I've got him and Richard E. Grant on the one picture, which is awesome. I love it. But it, it irks me. I haven't got a signed picture of McGann in my, in my Doctor Who autograph collection because I think, yeah, apart from Pertwee, I did meet Pertwee, but he, he wasn't doing autographs at the time. Uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, he was like, no, I just shake hands. I don't do autographs. Um, so I think I've got, yeah, pretty much all the others, you know, like Tom and mm-hmm. Peter, McCoy. Um, I have got the ape doctor, but not a Doctor Who picture. So, yeah, I was yesterday I was thinking I might just see if he's doing any conventions and that. And he's not. He's, he's doing a, a lot in the US and stuff like that. But he's not doing many UK ones. And I really want to meet him again now to get a, yeah. a Doctor Who one because I really like him as the Doctor. Yeah, he's very cool. And that's the uh, that's the OCD we were talking about. You, you mm-hmm. have to have, you know, it's that completest thing. You know, mm. it's not complete. It feels wrong without his a, a proper Doctor Who autograph. It does. Well, yeah. I was. We'll, we'll get on to the, the, what we got up to the weekend in just a minute. But I was putting away, you know, the autographs and stuff, and from from that. And yeah, I was just looking, thinking, there's a bit of a gap there. There's a, there's a McGann gap that I need to fill. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wish you copyright that. Yeah, <laughs> what McGann gap? A McGann gap. Yep. <laughs> so parallel lives. Yeah. So we um. So we both got Doom Coalition, which is really weird because it was like, oh, I've picked up Doom Coalition. Oh, so have I. Oh, it's really, it's really good. But there was one thing that we were definitely, um, uh, we're both fully aware of, and that was our trip into Chiswick in London, mm. where we went to the uh, the October Signing Spectacular run by Phantom Films. Yeah, first time I've been to one of their events. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I have to say, I'm pretty impressed. Yes, me too. There was um, it was one of those um, it was one of those fairly low key, quite small events, wasn't it? It was quite. Mm. Um, quite intimate i would say very yeah um if you guys have been to any of these conventions such as collector mania or london film and comic con or any of that kind of stuff the mcm comic cons it's like the total opposite mm-hmm. so it was a, it was in a church hall basically quite a small church hall as well wasn't it it was quite small yeah and there wasn't any of this um because uh, when we go to other conventions like the the big ones you always see a load of celebs just sitting there bored out of their mind <laughs> while you've yeah. got like you know there's like a queue of 100 people at a desk and then next door there's a guy that was on tv like 40 years ago and he's just sitting there 
checking his phone, having a cup of tea. Yeah. You know, this kind of thing is, is completely different. So everyone that was there, I think there must have been around oh, 60 people there, 70 people maybe. What, uh, signing? No, guests. That's, oh, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, guests. Yeah. Um, would you say about right? Wasn't any more than that. No, I don't think. No, no. Yeah. So and everyone there was up for, you know, meeting the the guests there and getting their autographs and stuff. So there was none of that stuff. Everyone, there was like queues for everybody, not big queues. Um, and everybody was there for that reason. So there was none of that, you know, people sitting around doing nothing really. Mm. Um, and it was really nice. It was really cool just to catch up with some other Who fans. Um we got chatting with a few people there, which is really nice. And yeah. the people that we did meet, it was really good. I mean, tell us about Daphne. She was awesome. Daphne was great. I was going to say, one of the things I loved about this event is that you actually got to talk to the people. You didn't feel like you're just being rushed through, you know, signed, gone. You know, you could actually have a little chat with them. And yeah. even though there was a bit of a queue, I mean, when, when we met Daphne, she was so nice. And the first, I think one of the first things she said was, I got to get a picture with you guys. And we were like, oh, right. So she, so suddenly we were having a picture of us with, you know, together with our autographs. And then we wanted obviously to get pictures with her. Yeah. And we were suddenly aware that we were spending so long, you know, in the queue, you know, people behind us are probably going, what's going on? You know, come on. You know, like you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the fact was she was so friendly and we were having such a nice chat with her um, that it was difficult. We were sort of aware that there were people behind us, but it was just really nice to actually be able to just chat and not just like get something signed and it felt so much more personal didn't it like you said it was a very intimate event mm -hmm. you know and yeah she was great I, I love Daphne she's brilliant she was really cool and she recognized us almost immediately and yes. then she placed us wrongly she she was like what convention did I talk to you guys at and we had to mm -hmm. say no no it was on the podcast and you know she immediately was like oh yeah yeah that was really cool and yeah. then she wanted our picture like she didn't want to be in the picture she was like I want your guys picture that was really nice yeah, it was. It yeah. was really cool. And um, and she was lovely. She was really chatty and stuff. And, um, and I mean, we could have talked to her for, I mean, if you hadn't got a massive queue behind her, I think we would. We could have gassed her all day. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say she's very sort of easy to chat to. But uh, obviously, we didn't want to keep the guys behind us waiting any longer mm -hmm. than, than they already had sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. And then we had the, um, then we had our stuff signed by uh, Mr. McCoy himself. Yeah, Sylvester. Yeah, he was. Um, he was in. He was in fairly good spirits. He was. He was yes, okay. Was. I've seen him grumpier, so it's not too bad. Yes, <laughs> you know, he was in. He was in fairly good spirits, wasn't he? I think. Um, yeah, I think the guys. Some of the guys. Well, there was one guy that was a little bit stressy. That's trying to get people through quickly. Um, and I heard a woman say to him, you know, the woman who was next to Sylvester, you know, like, calm down. There's no right. We've got plenty of time. I think he was a bit yeah. hyped up. Um, but yeah, Sylvester seemed in, in quite good spirits. Yeah, he did. He was kind of bumbling through the crowd uh, towards the end of the day, wasn't he? Do you remember when he said, told me to get out of the way? Oh, yeah, he was mingling a little bit, wasn't <laughs> he? Was he? A bit, well, he was yeah. sort of all over the shop, wasn't he? Um, obviously, just on his way out, he'd finished. I think that's sort of about four o'clock time and yeah yeah and he was like get out of the way and i said oh come on then because <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. like you said it was it it was busy but that you said at the time they could have it was a sold out event but they could easily have sold more tickets if they wanted to but i'm kind of glad they didn't because it was just nice i mean there was a little bit of a crowd maybe a little bit of you know it wasn't too much pushing or shoving they they could have fitted more people in but i'm, I'm kind of glad that they capped it right. where they did because yeah. it made it not too crowded but crowded enough but, but you're right, they, if they wanted to make more money, they easily could have sold more tickets to that event. I think it could have, could have got more people in there. Yeah, it was um, cool though. And then, yeah, so I'm not sure if you caught what um, 
uh, Sylvester said as, as I passed my picture to him to get autographed. Oh, what did he say? Yeah, so yeah, when he said who you know, who's it to, I said uh, to Gary with uh, with two R's because I got two R's in in my name. Mm. He was like, "Oh, you're one of those peculiar Gary's with the two R's." <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he roll the R's? Because no, that really no. great, doesn't it? Really grates on you when he does that. He didn't, which I was glad about. Oh, I wish yeah. he had. Yeah, <laughs> he so did that... want to draw on your top. I remember, but you had the T-shirt which has got like the the three. You've got like. Um, Tennant, Smith, and is it Capaldi? Capaldi. I yeah, yeah, you've got like the three doctors, but they've got no faces. It's it's a strange top to describe, but but it's kind of. Um, but he wanted to draw the faces on, didn't he? He said, "Is one of them me?" Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. remember you were like, "Oh no, they're the they're they're different doctors." He's like, "Oh right, because if one of them's me, I was going to draw the face oh, yeah. on it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, funny. He was he was he was in a good mood. I think for the most part of the day. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he seemed he seemed pretty cool. Yeah, and we yeah. had photos as well. We went back and had photo taken, and you got the group shot, didn't you? I did get the group shot. I must admit, I'm so pleased that I did that because um, I, I I just love the photo. I've actually said it as my screensaver. I'm I'm really really chuffed. I, I got that because I did um an R, didn't I? Because I'd spent yeah. quite a bit of money, and I was sort of saying, "Gosh, you know, um, that my money is depleted really quickly. I don't know if I really should spend any more." <laughs> but uh, but the thing is, I'm glad I did because, you know, when you're at these things, sometimes, you know, if you if you sort of, I'm in an R and sometimes you just got to do it. You know, sometimes you think, no, I've spent enough or I don't want that or I don't need it. Um, but I think if you're in an R and just do it because you, otherwise you get home and you're like, ah, oh, wish I would have regretted it if I hadn't got it. Yeah, just go for it. I'm so pleased with the picture. I think it's a great picture. Yeah. So, 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 so pleased with it. Yeah. And a couple of other people that were there were um, Bonnie Langford. So nice. Love Bonnie. She's really nice. Yeah. Um, Sophie Eldred. Lovely. Again, really pleasant to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we also had um, the actress that was in Battlefield for a little while, um, Ling Tai. Oh, Ling Tai. Yeah, yeah. She was cool. Yeah. She was quite nice. Um, and we also had, um, is it Peter Miles, who played Nida in, in yes. Genesis? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see him, but he was, um, he looked okay. Yeah. Uh, who else is there? Blake! <laughs> Blake! You were well chuffed, yeah. weren't you, with um, me? I, Gareth, yeah. Gareth Thomas? Gareth Thomas, yep. because, yeah, I am the biggest Blake 7 fan. I love Blake 7, and he was the main character, Blake. Um, and uh, if anyone who's listened to the last podcast will know, um, yeah, I was really made up when he was added to the, to the list uh, because I wanted to get a picture with him. He's such a nice gentleman as well. I mean, I don't know, I know you were sort of, Round the table when I was talking to him, but did you hear? We were just sort of chatting. He's such a nice, you know, yeah, gentleman yeah. to chat to. So so friendly, um, and you took a brilliant picture of me and him. I was so so chuffed uh, that I finally got a picture with him. Um, yeah, so that was great, Blake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Who was there? There was there was loads. Of, oh, Jeffrey Beavers. Uh, he played the master the and master. keeper of oh, yeah. What yeah. a lovely bloke he was. In fact, everybody was just so friendly and warm. It was, you know, I don't think there was anybody. Nobody, I didn't sort of come out of there saying, go so and so is a grumpy old, you know, like we, you know, sometimes mm. happens. I think we were talking while we we're in the queues about celebrities we'd met and who, <laughs> who was nice, who wasn't nice. Kenny so Baker. nice. I didn't want to say the name. He's but, a grumpy, uh, he's a grumpy little suddenly. I'm having yeah. my sandwich. I'm having <laughs> my sandwich going, bag it off. <laughs> That's Kenny Baker. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but there wasn't anyone that I can think of that was like that. Uh, they were all pretty nice. Yeah. They were. It was a really good day, in fact. It was very, very cool. And um, something that really kind of finished the day off for me and made me want to um, uh, cherish the memories even further 
um, was the hilarious memes that Matt from Who Addicts sent on, on, on Twitter <laughs> after. They were great. You cheeky bass. You cheeky, oh, cheeky bugger. <laughs> who, um, took, who took the photo of you McCoy? Was it me or was that other bloke? That was um, the other guy, I think. Yeah, so I thought so, yeah. Yeah, yeah he took the pictures of... Because they said that um, when I contacted Phantom, they said you could get pictures at the table of anybody, no problem, except McCoy. But actually on the day, they once he'd done all the autographs, they actually said, right, anyone who wants a picture on their own camera come and get one now. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. So that's what we did, didn't it? We sort yeah. of all queued up. And uh, again, not really, didn't take long, did it? We were sort of in there, photo gone. But I couldn't remember. Yeah, a lot of the people that were with them were actually taking the photos, which was quite nice of them. But we kind of like were quite happy to take our own, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we were sort of saying, no, it's all right, we'll do it. Um, but I couldn't remember if I'd taken it or he had. But I, yeah, he, he took it, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. It's cool. Which is good. So, yeah, yeah, we've got some great pictures. I was just grinning from ear to ear on the train home, I tell you. I just I enjoyed the day so much. And when I got home, I looked at all my autographs and stuff, and it was just brilliant. I just loved it. Loved being with other Who fans. It was great to meet up with you and just spend the day together, you know, geeking out. It was, it was brilliant. It was and, awesome, yeah. And the other thing I will just quickly say about this event, um, which really makes me want to go to other Phantom events, is the pricing compared to other conventions. The pricing is just so much better I mean, it is small, it is, in, it is intimate, but my goodness, I mean, when you think, um, but no autograph was over £10, so even Sylvester McCoy, and I think last time I saw McCoy, he was about 25 quid an autograph. That's right, yep. Ten, £10 for an autograph from McCoy at this. Um, a lot of them were £5 for an autograph. I think Sophie, you know, anyone sort of fairly major was sort of £10, but that's pretty good in this day and age, I thought, and the ticket was only £10 as well, so... Price-wise, a brilliant convention. I, I definitely want to go to some more. That's true. Yeah, it was it was very good value for money. Seeing it, was, I think the doors opened at twelve. Yeah. Um, and the guests started arriving about half twelve. It was really weird because I was waiting outside for you. I was sitting on the wall outside. Yeah. Um, and Daphne breezed past. She's like, "Hi." I'm like, oh, "Hello. <laughs> good morning." She's walked in, and then Sylvester just comes, you know, hobbling past yeah good morning <laughs> and you know off he goes and it's just you would never see that another convention you know any of the larger ones you know they're all kind of bundled in the back door sort of thing and yes I so it's very it. cool it's a really good event if, if, if you'd head over to their website just i can't remember the exact url but just do a search for phantom films it's yeah f-a-n-t-o-m phantom films and then click on the events tab um and i think there's one next month which you might try and get to if possible it's um the november signing i think tom baker's there is that right is it tom it's Tom. Now, yes, you're you're quite right because I've started something now and I told I knew this was going to happen because I got Sylvester to sign my regeneration set, which is a gorgeous box set. Um I now want all the other doctors to sign it. <laughs> so, um so as soon as I got that signed, I immediately thought, "Oh, because I've met Tom quite a few times, so I was thinking, right, I really want Tom to sign his page now in this set." So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to get to that uh, November one to get Tom to sign it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. It will be good. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that also means I've got to try and get Peter and Paul, Peter and Paul, because they're, <laughs> they're, quite, they're quite hard to get at the minute in terms of conventions and stuff. So yeah. it's going to be a mission. But, I'm gonna, yeah, it's going to be my new mission. And what a mission it will be. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a mission. So I yeah. think the next, if we don't get to that one in November, it will probably be the official festival next month. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a week today. Uh, sorry, not a week, a month today, isn't it? To, month today a month 14th. today we'll be there yes that's gonna be cool looking for that's coming around quick 
it has the more I go to these events, the more I just love them and look forward to the next one. I think you said it when when you got home, like you just immediately want to go to another one after. Yeah. after and it's being around other Who fans, isn't it? It's being around sort of people. And we were chatting to some nice guys in the queue, weren't we? That were just, you know, just great to talk to other Who fans. It's, it's brilliant. It is good. I always feel really hooed up um, when I get home from these things as well, because mm-hmm. I've geeked out with you all day. And we've, yeah. like you said, chatted to other Who fans. I just want to get home and put Doctor Who on and uh, and just, yeah, it's, it's great. So I can't wait till the um, the festival in November, hoping that's going to be. And oh, I, I have a feeling it's going to be um, a busy one extremely busy one but i think um yeah we're going to meet up with loads of of listeners and another peep so it's going to be good it does sound like it's going to be a massive meetup yeah yeah really looking forward to it sure so yeah good times good days uh rightio shall we oh one more thing before we get on with the news mm-hmm. uh thank you very much to um thank you very much to uh <laughs> helen jones Oh, yes. Yes, because she sent me a link, a reminder, actually, because um, on last week's show, I said that um, um, somebody had sent me a link to the 10th Doctor Pop Funko, the special edition in the orange spacesuit. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it was out of stock. And a few days later, Helen Jones popped up and went, they're in stock. Uh, so I jumped on that and ordered one and I've got one. So it's on its way. Oh, excellent. So oh, cool. thank you, Helen. That's really, really cool. So now I've got two matching special editions in the orange suit. Yeah, it's a good one, because you've got the 12th in the, in the orange, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're good ones, that. Oh, nice one. Thanks, Helen. Yeah, that's really cool. Thanks. Um, right, yo, news time. Shall we land this beast? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We are fairly light on news this week. Yeah. So only a couple of bits. The first one is very, very cool. Um, so John Hurt, um, as we know, he plays the War Doctor, um, was diagnosed with cancer last year, um, pancreatic cancer. And um, I was quite worried about this because he's not a young guy anymore. No. He's knocking on a bit. And nine times out of ten... Um, Really, really unfortunately, nine times out of ten, when you get people of this age who have been diagnosed with cancer, it's not always easy for them to um to try and to try and beat it. But um John Hurt has revealed in the last I think it was yesterday, um, when he was doing an interview with somebody, that um uh, he's actually kicked cancer's ass. <laughs> he's uh, he's been given the all clear. Yeah. Um, which is just awesome news because um Although I don't think we're going to see too much of him in the show in on TV, I think we might see the odd thing. But um, they've just announced, haven't they, a, a big series of audio adventures for him? Yes, on Big Finish. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really really cool. That um, yeah, and he's really 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 kind of enthusiastic and sort of raring to go. So he's, I can imagine you know the kind of feeling he's got where it's a huge amount of relief. Oh yeah, you know to to have that news that you know it's all been cleared up and he's got the all clear, and I think he said in an interview that he's now you know ready to rock and roll and wants to just get on and work. So really, really cool news. Uh, John Hurt's been given the all clear, so um, we can look forward to many years hopefully of uh, some big finish stuff from him. Yes, I'm certainly looking forward to that War Doctor set that's coming out uh, December, I, I believe, isn't it? 
It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So really looking forward to that. He's also, he's due to appear at one of the Showmasters uh, Collector Mania events. Um, believe it's the Brighton one. Brighton, um, yes. Yeah, uh, as far as I know, I mean, he might be doing other ones as well. But but uh, yeah, I was looking at it today and he's that's on the 7th to the 8th of November. Um, so only a couple of weeks yeah. uh, away. That was so, meant yeah. to be the London one. That's right. They moved it, didn't they? That's right, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so he's going to yeah. be at that. So it'd be good, you know. We, I'm, I'm really, it's great news, and like you said, we sort of wish him well in, and uh, and everything. So it's good to see him back on his feet. Yeah, yeah. Good really, on really you. Really good. Good on you, John. Right. In other news, um, this is a strange one actually, but a good bit of news. Um, <laughs> when, because <laughs> it's, can you believe it? It's two years since Weather Fear and Enemy of the World came out. Is that even possible? Where does the time bloody oh, go? I, I can't believe it. Yeah, it's two years. Um, but obviously, when they got released, they were just um, vanilla releases, so they didn't have any sort of extras, uh, anything at all on them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Phantom. Films, who we were talking about earlier, who who did the convention that we went to, um, they've announced that they've got a special project on the go, and they're going to release two commentary tracks for for each one. So it's going to be a commentary track for Enemy, commentary commentary track for Web, um, and it's going to be moderated by the brilliant Toby Haydock. I love Toby; he's yeah. really really good <laughs> on the commentaries of keeping people going. Um, and I suppose, yeah, I, when I first read this, I was like, so what, how does this work? But basically, it's going to be released on CD or download. And I guess the idea is you just play it along while watching it. And it'll be just like having a director's commentary on each story, if you like, um, which yeah. is quite nice. It's a really nice sort of idea. Um, it does make me think, then, does that mean the BBC aren't doing anything? Because I assume they would have had to have got the go ahead at some point from them to do this. I don't know. don't know quite how it works, actually. No, I think it's... Um... I think it's completely independent. Because, yeah, because yeah, there's no logo to the BBC or the Doctor Who logo. It's a completely independent thing. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Um, and it's no different to the commentaries that we do, mate. I suppose not, actually. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. 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 But, so it's a nice idea, and uh, it's got some good people involved. Um, Deborah Watling is going to be uh, doing the commentary on both of them. Um, you've got, uh, I think John, Le- is our mate John Levine on there? I believe he is. He the must Weather be. Fear. Yep, yes, he he's on the Weather Fear. Of course he is, uh, d- with Derek Martin as well. Uh, you've also got some of the other people that were in it. Um, Milton Johns. Do you remember Milton Johns? He was one no. of those actors. You would do. He's one of those actors that just, um, you probably wouldn't know the name, but he used to pop up all the time in everything. Like he was just one of these, do you know what I mean? Back in the sort of 70s and 80s, you used to get these actors, like bit part actors that just popped up in everything. Right. Uh, and that's doing him a bit of an injustice because he's a, he's a great actor, actually. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's doing a commentary on there as well. So yeah, these are really two little great little releases, I think. Yeah. Um, There's one there. also. There's one that I'm quite interested in listening to as well. Mm. Um, it's the Web of Fear uh, commentary. And for the still missing and unaccounted for episode three, mm. they're going to have... Um, a lady called Sue Malden from, uh, who's a former BBC archivist, oh. archivist, um, and she's going to give an insight into the BBC's policies of wiping and archiving material. Oh, that should be good. And just kind of missing TV in general and stuff. So I think that's going to be a really interest, interesting listen. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. It's a nice idea, that is. Mm. Mm. So they're coming out in November. So next month you'll be able to... to uh, Oh well, sorry. They're available to pre-order from November. It says so. Yeah, yeah. It's worth. I reckon they'll be worth picking up. Yes. Oh, and they do caveat. They do caveat it. Actually, it just says um, uh, these commentaries contain no BBC copyrighted elements. 
and do not feature audio from the from the episodes themselves. Uh, they are designed to be played alongside the official DVD releases. Oh, that's cool. Which is very cool. So, yes, what did you say, mate? CD and probably iTunes or something on. It's a, it's don't well. It's going to be CD, and there'll be a download version available as as well. Right, right. Um, so yeah, you'll just be able to line it up, ready to go as you put the uh, put the DVD on. Like you say, a bit like you do with our ones. Yeah. How cool is that though? The kind of community and you know the fans putting stuff together like that outside of the BBC. It's it's very very cool. This is why Doctor Who fandom is the best. Indeed. Yeah, we come up with these things. Cool. We are the best. <laughs> <laughs> we are the best. It kind of reminds me, oh, years, years ago, the Flaming Lips released this weird box set um, of four <laughs> CDs, but but each CD had like different instruments on. So you had to find four CD players and press play exactly the same time to get all the discs played. So don't, and it made one song. But I remember having a mission <laughs> trying to do that. This one, I don't think will be as difficult. <laughs> no. I, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very cool. Definitely pick, be picking those up. Yes. So that's about it for news. There ain't much going on this week, is there? Yeah, it's a bit light on news this week. Mm, yeah, so we should get into our review, I reckon. We should. Buddy, what are we doing? Uh, this week, it is Before the Flood. You will be a strong beacon. How many ghosts can I make of you? You know, you've got a lot in common with the Tivolians. You'll both do anything to survive. They'll surrender to anyone. You will hijack other people's souls and turn them into electromagnetic projections. That will to endure. That refusal to ever cease. That's extraordinary. And it makes a fella think, because you know what? If all I have to do to survive is tweak the future a bit, what's stopping me? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The ripple effect. Maybe it will mean that the, the, the universe will be ruled by cats or something in the future. But the way I see it, even a ghastly future is better than no future at all. You robbed those people of their deaths. Made them nothing more than a message in a bottle. You violated something more important than time. You bent the rules of life and death. So I am putting things straight. Very Ooh. intense, Doctor. Mm. Mm. So, part two, Toby Witt's house again, taking the reins, following up from last week's episode. I'm, all, I'm getting so confused with these titles. Before, uh, Under the Lake, that's yep. the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, what? how does this one pick up then? What, what's going on in this? How does this one... So mm. this one picks up very... Um, in a very unorthodox style. Doesn't it just? Indeed. I've not seen this before. Please tell me if I'm wrong, but I've not seen this kind of... kind of meta internal doctor addressing the audience directly. Breaking the fourth wall. Yes, I've not... I've, has this been done before? Very rarely. I think Tom Baker used to like doing it now and again, but doesn't happen very often. Yeah. We had a weird opening, didn't we, when we did a Tom Baker story recently? Uh, it was a Deadly Assassin, wasn't it? That we had was that it. scrolling text, yeah. Yeah, and he reads to the audience like a kind of uh, synopsis, if you like. Mm. Um, yeah, so this was very, um, very different. And we'll come on to it in a little while. But So that it opens up with a doctor essentially explaining um, to the audience... Um, uh, what is it, a paradox? Um, it's the bootstrap paradox. The bootstrap paradox, that's right. Um, 
and, he, and it's about his story going back in time to to meet Beethoven essentially mm. um, and then the doctor kind of tells us that Beethoven never really existed um, and that it was um, the doctor essentially um, who who orchestrated all of Beethoven's music. Yeah. Um, and it kind of morphed into this cool thing where um, Beethoven's, I think it was his fifth symphony, um, was kind of um, remixed into the, the Doctor Who TV theme um, as the Doctor plays it on the guitar. Yeah, rocked up version of the theme. Yeah. Um, so that's how it opened. It was kind of, it's kind of weird. We'll come on to it in a little bit. But um, So that's how it opens. And then after that... Um, the story kind of picks up from from under the lake, really. Um, so, if, you know, going back from, from last week, there's been a bunch of people killed. They've come back as ghosts. They've worked out that these ghosts have been chanting coordinates. They've gone to that coordinate and found, um, was it a stasis pod? Um, uh, yeah, we'll go with that. I can't yeah. remember what it's called, yeah. They found a stasis pod, but it was locked and they couldn't get into it. Um, and originally, I think back then we thought that it was the Fisher King inside. Yeah. Um, but as this episode kind of transpired, it wasn't the Fisher King inside there at all. So this is now the doctor's gone back in time to the point where that, um, little village that was flooded in the first episode is now, um, very much not flooded. The dam hasn't been broken. Um, and like the spaceships just landed and we've got that strange Tivolian chap, um, who's arranging a funeral for mm. the Fisher King. Yeah. Um, and the Doctor's kind of got a theory about how things are going to be played out. So um, in a kind of kind of sad scene, really, he almost allows one of the team members to be killed mm. um, by the Fisher King so he can kind of confirm in his head what, what's going on. And then he kind of puts his plan together to put a hologram of himself... Um, kind of forward in time and we all thought it was the doctor's ghost but it was a hologram wasn't it yes um in order to help clara and to help himself because he's trying to help clara while he's back in time um via a kind of skype chat i guess is the best way to describe it <laughs> yeah um and then yeah he kind of foils the the fisher king's plan floods the geezer um and then it turns out that he's uh, protected himself in that stasis pod so he busts out of it um and saves the day almost kind of locks the ghost in that in the faraday cage says don't worry unit will sort it out and off we go yeah it's kind of wrapped up kind of nicely really um mm, it was certainly wrapped up very quickly <laughs> yes i mean there's a couple more points going on but essentially that was the that was the deal so um mm. i remember last week you said that on the first watch you wasn't too keen on um under the lake so what did you think to this one then on the first watch uh first watch i thought it was a bit similar to my first watch of under the lake actually quite underwhelming um oh. and i've watched it three times since oh okay um it has improved uh, but it didn't improve like under the lake did because i really enjoyed under the lake on a second and third watch um but this one just has stayed well it's, it's improved slightly but i still don't think it's a, a particularly strong follow-up um oh. i think that i think the thing is although we're getting two parters i think the idea is that each episode is going to feel slightly self-contained so this one does have a very different feel to last week 
um, which I think did throw some people, but it's kind of intentional, isn't it? Because it's like we're giving you two parters, but we're sort of giving you, you know, two mm-hmm. stories as well. Um, so this was very different to last week's story. Um, so, yeah, let's let's go back to the beginning uh, and, and talk about that intro, because uh, like you said, it's yeah. very odd to break the fourth wall. Um, it certainly was, you know, I mean, it threw me completely. The first time I watched it, I was like, what's going on? It was like so disconnected from from last week's. Um, it's an interesting way to start. And obviously we get this bootstrap paradox, uh, which the doctor tells us to Google. Basically, if I'm reading this right, this is the same sort of theory as, as, um, as in the Pandorica opens when the doctor's trapped inside the Pandorica, but he gives himself the screwdriver or whatever. Do you remember that? Yes. When he's, yep. and you say, but how could he give himself a screwdriver? He's in the box, but it's him that frees himself from the box. So it's, is it, is it the same theory that, that basically the doctor's, gone back to give himself the screwdriver but how could he give himself the screwdriver when he was in there already that sort of thing yes that's it yeah yep. so it's basically the same sort of theory so the doctor's like you said he's he's in that chamber um he's created the ghost doctor but he didn't know he'd created it uh, um and it's all about when did he have those thoughts and it's it's very complicated to explain it does um, get very timey-wimey i can't imagine many younger viewers um following this story that well to be honest I, it did make me wonder sort of um because there's been talk about losing the family audience and you, you've got kids that watch doctor who um i can imagine younger audiences liking it because of the monster and, and and stuff that's going on but but as far as understanding it and it appealing to a family audience i'm, I'm just not sure because i think it was pretty complicated it took me a couple of watches to to get the overall thing if you see what i mean um yes it would have been quite confusing yeah. For a lot of people, basically. Uh, um, how do you feel about the Doctor playing the guitar every week? Because I'm not, I'm not sure about this. I love the fact we saw the Magpie amp. Love that. But are we going to get this every week? The Doctor bashing out a little tune? Or, oh, yeah. I'm the just Mag- not sure about it. Yeah, the Magpie electronics thing was quite cool. Yeah. And I did um, love the rockier theme. Did you? Yeah, it's quite cool. Yeah. Yes, like that. Um, the Doctor playing the guitar. I think they have to be careful that it's not overused because... Mm. I wasn't a huge fan of it um, when they did it in the the series opener. I wasn't. No. I think that it kind of went on a bit too long that whole scene, and it it turned what could have been a really good, you know, really awesome scene into just a bit of a yes, we get the point kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, this one wasn't too bad, and the way that they he started playing it, and then it kind of led into the theme mm. uh, was quite cool. But yeah, this whole thing about the Doctor addressing the the audience directly and i i'm not sure i'm comfortable with it no it takes you out of the story doesn't it yeah i i found it i I found it a bit disconnecting to be honest with you because i thought what what is this leading into yeah you know what what is the point i mean once you've watched the entire episode you get the point because he is explaining this this whole paradox thing the bootstrap paradox and you kind of have to get that to understand you know how he knew to create that ghost hologram Mm. you know and the only way he knew you know that he had to do it because he was you know he he found out through i don't know through the through the the list wasn't it through the list yeah so complicated yeah exactly yeah so it, it kind of does a decent enough job of trying to explain that whole thing but because they're at completely opposite ends so we had that opening bit where he's talking to us directly then you've got the whole episode has gone past. And when you get to the very end where he's talking to Clara about 
why he created the ghost and how he knew he had to do it. She looks at him very confused. Mm. And then we also look confused because too much time has gone past when he's explained why these things happened. Yeah. So it's kind of a bit, I'm not sure. And the whole, just, just the whole thing about the doctor talking to you directly through the TV. I'm not, it's just a little bit, it was okay, but you know, I, I hope they don't do it again anytime soon. Yeah. I just found it a little bit panto, a little bit like he's behind you. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that, I, I don't know. It was that whole, you know, going to see a theater show kind of thing. Yeah, um, I mean, people have suggested that actually, if you once you get to the end, you know, he's explaining to Clara, Clara at the end the same sort of thing. He's kind of mm-hmm. wrapping it up. People have sort of suggested, well, he's actually talking to Clara at the beginning, but that mm. doesn't really work because he's not, is he? He's he's talking directly. He's talking I mean, to it the could camera. be Clara. You can just about make that work, but it it doesn't really work. I don't think. You know, you can sort of get past it that way. You could say, well, he's actually talking to Clara. He's not talking to you as a viewer. But I don't know, because of the way it's filmed, I can't quite see it like that. Yeah. I, I don't think that was the intention. No. I, I think it was meant to be done as if he's talking to the viewer. Mm. Um, and it just didn't feel right. You know, the Doctor hasn't done that, as far as I know, anyway, in any of the newer Doctor Who since um, Eccleston. Mm. So they kind of put you on a wrong foot for the for the start of the episode, right? Kind of, yeah. I mean, once that bit had gone and I was back into the the story, you know, the core story, it was um, I kind of got back into it and I, I forgot it pretty quickly. But yeah, I just thought it was um, they could have spent that those few minutes actually getting the story underway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was okay. I know a lot of people did like it, but um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't over the moon, should I say? I know what you mean. I think one of the, one of the things that's lacking in this this part, as compared to the part one, is the lack of threat. Like the the good thing about um, under the lake was, was there was quite a bit, good bit of tension in there. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, um, we've got, I think, a, a quite a good villain, uh, the Fisher King. Uh, he's quite good. He's got a great voice, um, yeah. but he does absolutely nothing. In fact, even when he threatens the Doctor, he kind of just pushes him out the way and there's there's no real sort of threat in this story there's a lot of running back and forth back to the faraday room back to the tardis and all this sort of thing a lot of back and forth but not actually much threat or enough to sort of um drag me in completely if you like there's quite a lot going on mm-hmm. but just yeah but there's no sort of i don't know there's no urgency to it yeah uh, i found compared to last week where there was quite a lot of tension uh, and it was done really well yeah last week we had the um, yeah, that kind of ongoing threat that the ghosts were out there. And yeah. then we had that whole scene where uh, Clara um, and a couple of other people were trying to lure the ghosts into the Faraday cage. And that was really mm. tense and and fo- sort of foreboding. So, But we didn't really have much of that. We didn't have much else going on in this one. That it was The only bit we had like that was when the Fisher King was out and about. Yeah, and was kind of stalking them, and they didn't reveal what he looked like for a while. That was pretty cool. What brought him back to life? That's what I don't get. I've watched it three times now because he's in a he's in a hearse, isn't he? So presumably he's dead, and then suddenly um, Prentice whatever goes back and's like, <gasps> he's alive. But what what actually brings him back to life? I don't didn't quite get that. Unless he wasn't actually dead. Mm. He wasn't actually dead. He wasn't dead. So no. it's just all a ruse to yeah. Right, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, so so that's he, why I didn't yeah. get I was like, oh, he's suddenly roaming around, fit as a fiddle. Uh, <laughs> no, he wasn't, you know. he wasn't dead at all. 
Mm. Yeah. I did like, I liked the setting though of the sort of 1980s, all this Russian uh, sort of propaganda on the walls or whatever it was. And the, you know, uh, for one split second, I thought there's going to be an auton in that, you know, there was that sort of whack, um, uh-huh, yeah. dummy yeah. In, in, on the, in the phone booth or wherever it was. I like the setting, very dark, very gray, that sort of very simplistic um, church yeah. with the dam in the background. Not nice, nice setting for it. Um, and, yeah, it started off quite good with the, with them arriving. And who's the who's the girl that got sort of knocked off quite quickly? O'Donnell. Uh, O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Yeah, because yeah. she's mentioning she threw in a couple of the old companions, didn't she? Early, very early on, she's like Rose, Martha, Amy, uh, Harold, Saxon. She was sort of talking to the Doctor about him, and he's like, "You know a lot about me." Yeah, all that sort of thing, and that's quite nice. And she also mentioned the. I wrote it down wrong first time. I think she said Minister of War. She did, yep. Yeah. Do we know anything about that? Is that just a throwaway line, or do you think that's something we're gonna it's gonna crop up later? I wondered if that was a sort of Harold Saxon in itself. Yeah, well I'm not sure because when she says that, the doctor doesn't have any clue really. He mm. doesn't really know of of any anyone called that. So um there is a theory that that's what the doctor will become. Minister of War. In in the future. Okay. So that's a possibility. Mm, yeah, because mm. I just I liked the way he picked up on it and said, "No, don't tell me. I don't know about that one yet." And I thought, "Oh, I wonder if that's yeah. yeah. I wonder if we're going to come back to that. That'd mm. be interesting." Um, let's talk about Donald briefly then before she gets killed off. She because one of the things I a plus that for me on this episode was that I did grow to like the the crew a lot more. I actually, grew to quite like the crew mm-hmm. after the, by the end of this episode i'd sort of grew to like them because i think in the first part i thought they were okay but a little bit sort of cliche but I, I i actually grew to quite like them in this one especially um when o'donnell does get killed and bennett has a go at the doctor because he works out the doctor's kind oh, of yeah. like, like you just said he's kind of just let o'donnell die to see if his theory was correct and he suddenly sort of realizes and he's like you knew that ages ago and you know um it's basically he's like, and now it's getting closer to you and Clara, and now you're going to do something, aren't you? And I, I really thought that was a great scene. Um, a yeah. because of the way Peter Capaldi played it, that he knew <laughs> that the guy was right, but I thought Bennett was really good in that as well. So yeah, the actual overall crew um, started to sort of work for me in this episode. So that's definitely one big positive. Yeah, that was a really cool scene. It's a great scene. Yeah, yeah. because the Doctor twigs immediately. Mm-hmm. He's like, yes, I know what's going on now, and then. Um, Bennett tweaks almost at the same time and he's like you kn- yeah you're right he's like you knew this was going to happen and then he kind of calls the doctor out a little bit you know he says mm. to him you know now now it's getting closer to Clara now you're going to do something about it but that's really cool that was really well written yes I like the fact he called him out on that um and we're starting to know I mean I've just realized there's a bit of a parallel actually because Clara also gets her stops pulled up a bit later by Cass doesn't she when Cass, um, Clara sends Lun out to get the phone and Cass says something along the lines of, um, when did you start putting other lives at risk so easily or something like that? And, you know, Clara's really quite selfish in that scene. She's actually really quite not very likable. Oh, yeah. so, I quite, yeah. so we sort of saw that the, both the, that comparison with the Doctor and Clara both kind of doing what needs to be done, but also the viewer questioning whether it's, you know, particularly nice or particularly right thing to do. So... Yeah, that's quite an interesting mm. bit of writing, I thought. Yeah, so that was cool. I thought O'Donnell was quite cool as well. Almost kind of companion material. Mm. Almost. She's quite feisty, very knowledgeable. 
Yeah, she was talking about hanging someone outside yeah. of a window by their legs or something. Like, That's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, generally, I thought all the crew actually are pretty good in this. I kind of started to warm to, to all of them, actually. They all had their own little sort of characters building up. Yeah, yeah. Cass and Lun, they were quite cool as well. So um, a really nice scene at the end where um, O'Donnell's like, can you translate something to Cass for me? Mm. And then he basically tells her, tells him to tell her that he's been in love with her and blah blah blah. I, I liked yeah. that. I mean, I know it's, it's cool. a little bit schmaltzy, but I, I liked it because you get the yeah. Um, Bennett's lost O'Donnell. He's feeling that loss. He's just saying, "Don't waste any more time." Yeah, you know, just do it. And I know that some people felt that that there was a love story being shoehorned in there at the end. I didn't feel that. I actually thought it was quite. I could see that they would spend so much time together that they would actually you know, fall in love with each other. I totally bought into that. I didn't, didn't feel it was shoehorned. No, me either. You know, I, I thought, thought it was quite I liked cool. it. Yeah, quite, and, I, and I like the doctor's reaction as well. That He's like, because um, he needs to do something with the sonic glasses, doesn't he, to mm-hmm. Bennett. He's like, I'll, I'll do it later. It's like the doctor just realising that this is not the right moment. So he is starting to sort of, um, you know, I think perhaps the doctor in series eight would have just blundered up and done it. And he's sort of, you know, you can see that Clara's been uh, showing him the <laughs> the prompt cards. You the know, cards, he, start, he yeah. started to get it. Yeah, it was a nice little scene, actually. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So I think the supporting cast overall were, um, you know, very good. You know, maybe even better than the first episode. Oh, definitely. I think, yeah. and I think Cass as well. I mean, I I loved the scene where Cass was digging into Clara because she was sort of telling Clara, you know, you you're out of order here. You can't just send people out and you know, like. Um, I think Clara says something. I didn't need anyone to translate that sign language. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I thought Cass was really good in this. There was a great scene where um, the guy with the axe was walking behind her and obviously she couldn't hear it until she felt the vibrations. And that was good. That was a good good scene, I thought. Yes. Nicely done. Yeah. Uh, and well acted. She's a good actress. I, I really liked Cass. Feisty, like yes. I said. Yeah, yeah, she was good. So yeah, she, so, so, yeah supporting cast, good. Supporting cast, good. Um, would you think to the voice of the the Fisher King? Very good. Excellent. Now I got a bit of confusion here because I thought it was the guy from Slipknot, um, but apparently he just did the raw. Is this right? Do That's you know? right. Yeah. So the actual yeah. voice was Peter Serafinowicz. Is that right? Correct. I didn't know that till about ten minutes ago. I because <laughs> I love Peter Serafinowicz. Uh, he did the voice of Darth Maul in Star Wars, didn't he? Did he? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, he did a, he did a great sketch show a few years ago. Um, he only did one series of it. I don't know if you ever saw it. Uh, so I, I really like Peter Serafinowicz. And um, yeah, I had no idea it was him doing the voice. So even better. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it, it really suited the actual look of the the Fisher King. Keep going to say King Fisher. <laughs> Fisher, Fisher King. I thought it really suited it um, overall. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He did do the voice of Darth Maul, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. It's a strange play. He was in Spaced as well. He's just one of these guys that crops up yeah. all over the place. Shaun of uh, the Dead, yeah. Shaun of the Dead, yes, exactly. Yeah. What did you think of the overall look of the Fisher King? Overall, I thought it was really good. Mm. Um, I, I think that it was completely wasted. Yes. Um, he looked very menacing. He looked really... The, the suit was awesome. Yeah. Um, really, really good. The only thing is... Um, yeah, I, they, he just didn't really do anything. He kind of shoves the doctor out the way a couple of times and, yeah. and paces around a lot, and that was it. I mean, I, I understand why. They probably couldn't, because the suit was so big and, and well done and stuff, they probably couldn't have him legging about and, and jumping and all sorts. But it, it was 
I just felt like it was wasted. I thought we needed a bit more action out of him. Yeah, totally wasted. I, I wanted to see him. I wanted to see him burst out of that casket on the on the ship and and start causing some mayhem. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- he looked like one mean, mean son of a gun. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think he. Yeah, absolutely, totally wasted. Brilliant facial mask. Uh, great voice by Peter Serafinich. Um, very menacing. Really tall. So. I mean, the doctor looked proper terrified in their scenes together, but like, yeah, all he did was shove him out of the way. Yeah. And then uh, it was almost comical when he realizes the doctor's tricked him. He's like, the doctor lied. And I, I almost giggled. I don't think it was intentionally <laughs> funny, but, but yeah, no, no. totally underused. Yeah, he could, they could have done so much more with, with him. Yeah. Yeah. But he looks th- yeah. good. I don't think we'll see him again either because he got, he got wiped out. Well, hopefully he can swim. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> what what was that thing that the doctor blows the dam up with? Uh, it was one of those power cells from the bottom of the spaceship, wasn't it? Well, for such a little power cell, it certainly caused a lot of damage, I thought. I was like, what, that one little power cell brought the whole dam down? Don't underestimate them power cells, mate. Well, obviously not, no. Yeah, <laughs> next time you find one, don't bleed and drop it. Actually, someone did, and I'll be careful with those. Somebody did point out a continuity error that I totally missed, actually, with the, with that scene, was when the Fisher King is stood looking at the water rushing towards him. Yeah. It cuts to the dam cracking up, and then it cuts back, and he's kind of got his arms in the air. Yeah. And he's, he's suddenly got a weapon in his arm. It's like, hang on, he didn't have that a second ago. So, obviously, I don't know if he was trying to... <laughs> he pulled it out of his pocket in a scene that we didn't see. He did have it. Yeah, he doesn't in the he doesn't in a split second before though. It kind of appears out of nowhere. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. If you watch the scene, I didn't notice it. So somebody pointed out. I think it was Ryan Anthony, one of our listeners. Um, yeah, he just suddenly appears. Very bad bit of continuity. But, uh-huh. but yeah, he did get wiped out far too easily. I mean, it just I don't know. It felt like he was just getting going. Yeah. Um, it, it was almost like um, the Sycorax in um, the first Tenant episode, mm. where. Those like the makeup on those guys is really quite mean. One of the best, yeah. I think. I love yeah. it. Um and they're really threatening and stuff, but they kind of got taken out relatively easy. The doctor, you know, fresh out of his regeneration and one handedly just, you know, beats the guy with an, you know, nicely placed orange as well. <laughs> yeah. Um so it kind of had that vibe. It was like um they they look very menacing and very very mean looking, but you know, almost wasted in their you know, their threats just become almost you know, I'm not sure what the word is. Their threats become undermined. Very undermined. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was a bit of a waste, but yeah, overall, not too bad. The suit was really good. I like the suit. I was going to say when he when he actually came out into daylight as well. I think a few people said, "Oh, it, the face was good," but they didn't like his actual costume. But it very much reminded me of sort of classic Doctor Who. Actually, it's just a very simple. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked it. I always I always like to see monsters on real locations i think even if it looks a bit like oh it's a man in a suit but yeah we, you know i mean I, I still like it yeah um, it's very much sort of classic who to me um what did you think of the guest star the guest star of this episode paul k i mean we got to see him last week as a ghost mm-hmm. this week he actually got to do a little bit more um as the how'd you say their name those things the what? the race trot trial the what the race, the the, the Paul Case play and those ratty creatures. What are oh, they called? The try, the try, the the the, the Tivolians. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. So he got <laughs> so he got to be a Tivolian a bit more this week. And um, what did you think of his performance? Um. Mm, bit uh, meh. Uh, bit yeah. Meh. I thought an extra from Wind of the Willows had walked <laughs> on the set. 
<laughs> um, I get that he's trying to sort of emulate the character because I'm thinking back to what how David Williams was in his episode, but I think Paul Kay turned it up to eleven. Um, and I thought I just found it over the top. In fact, I found it quite cringy, mm-hmm. to be honest. I really did. Um, and I mean, he's 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 quite a renowned actor, Paul Kay. He's you know he's been in lots of things, and it's quite surprising that they'd get a, sort of somebody like him in to do such a minor role and cake him in so much makeup that you can't really <laughs> see who he is. But I have to say, I I seem to be in the minority. I was almost expecting you to to to. Do, to say the same but a lot of people seem to think he was great in it personally i thought it was really cringy i thought it was really over the top and it again it the, the, the silliness of his performance just detracted from what was quite a sort of dark episode i just yeah i found it a very out of place performance to be honest yes yeah so me, yeah me not too. a fan of that yeah um what did you think okay supporting cast overall really really good um the fisher king voice really really good Mm. but a bit wasted yeah Prentice mm, very easily forgettable Um, Clara well I thought performance wise Jenna good this week performance wise but I didn't like the way she's written Um, I'm sorry (laughs) to be so negative but there's so many things I I just have to be completely honest because I hate to just constantly moan but but yeah I thought she was written really selfishly this week and very unlikable um to be honest yeah right. but I thought the performance she gave doing that was really good do you know what I mean I thought she was she was definitely better than last week but yeah Clara was a complete cow this week wasn't she it's all that bit when she said to the doctor um about dying don't don't die die with the one after me don't die with me or something. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, my yeah. god yeah. Pretty, pretty harsh. I mean, I get the fact that, yeah, she's lost Danny and the Doctor's all she's got or whatever, but oh, she wasn't very likable this week in terms of her characterization, I thought. No, um, I but, agree. But that's obviously done on purpose. But yeah, it wasn't... I found it uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, I really thought Cass was going to slap her when she sent um, Ben... Uh, no, when she sent Lun out to get the phone to mm-hmm. basically sending him to his death, more or less. But yeah, I really thought Cass was going to slap her. And I wouldn't have blamed her, to be honest. <laughs> No. What, what did you think? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Um, I, I really like her performance. Um, she can kind of do that character with, in her sleep now. Yeah. Um, but the way that she was written, it was very much um, like a, like yeah, like a selfish little child, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was. You can kind of understand in a in a very small way that she doesn't want to die, you know, flooded in a flooded town somewhere without the doctor, without anybody. Mm. Um. You know, and she's she's very keen for the, you know, for the doctor to sort himself out and come back and save them. Um, yeah, but some of the other scenes that she was written in, like that one you mentioned where she she sends um, Lun out to go and get her phone, she doesn't really know a hundred percent that he's going to be okay. <laughs> she's just kind of basing that on the theory that he hasn't seen the letters in the spaceship yet. Yeah. So she's kind of got a theory. She doesn't know for certain, but she still gladly sends him out. Um, yeah, so I, I I kind of agree with you. She was the performance was good, but Clara as a character was written a little bit, a little bit rose like. Mm, I was thinking that a bit bratty, I, yeah. If I be so bold, um, yeah, a little bit bratty, a little bit, you know, the doctor's, uh, you know, the doctor cares about me mainly, and you lot afterwards. Yeah, but assumption. the doctor was also was being a bit like that, wasn't he? Where like the guy says to him, doesn't he? Like, oh, now it's Clara. Now you're going to care. Now you're going to do something about it. And the doctor does seem to be going down that same road of 
of um because he was doing it in the magician's apprentice as well wasn't he? he was like you know oh clara i don't care about anything just tell me clara it's like it's almost as if both their worlds are just starting to center around themselves uh, uh you know looking out for each other but anything else you know can be sacrificed as long as we're okay um so they're both becoming a little bit selfish in that respect aren't they um y- yes which they i'm not are, sure i like <laughs> yeah they are a little bit it's um yeah um i mean it's the the doctor's part of it is is kind of okay because you know the essence of the show really is the doctor and the companion mm. you know but i kind of see a point it's like um they're kind of wrapped up i mean the, the thing with clara my point of view is it's like having a a really high maintenance partner yeah <laughs> that's the the vibe <laughs> i get it's like you know on your phone every five minutes, you know, where are you? What are you doing? Exactly. Yes, don't worry, I'll be home on time. You know, it's it, it, that's the kind of vibe I get from from how Clara's character is at the moment. Did you think it was interesting the way that they did the whole TARDIS not letting the Doctor leave and then we're getting that whole two Doctors in the same place and, and all that? I mean, that, that didn't really go anywhere, but it did make the episode a bit more interesting, didn't it? You know, the whole ripped jacket and, oh, yeah. and all that, yeah. you know. That was quite an interesting little subplot, but yeah, it didn't really go anywhere. Um, I just love the Doctor's glow, ghost. I just love the way Peter Capaldi looked as the ghost. Um, I found the resolution to the episode very, very quickly wrapped up, though. Um, he jumps out the casket. It was all the sonic shades, which I hate. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I was. it wasn't a ghost after all. It was just a hologram. It's all just a little bit wrapped up too quickly for me. Yes. It was kind of done up and, and on your way. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is maybe that opening scene. <laughs> maybe there wasn't enough story to get into it anyway. So maybe that opening few minutes, um, you know, because I said earlier that they probably could have done away with it and just got into the story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, once the Fisher King had died and the Doctor had trapped the ghosts in the Faraday cage, that was it, wasn't it? It was like, you know, job done. Yeah, we we needed to see a bit more havoc being wreaked. I think would have been good. You yeah, know? that that would have been good. We should have got the Fisher King up on the deck. That would have been great. <laughs> but, uh, but it probably would have. Yeah, I guess it would have messed things up. I do. I do like the. I do like the idea of the bootstrap thick paradox, though. And when did the Doctor have those thoughts? You know, that's that's an interesting idea. I do like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, as, as a part two, just didn't quite hang together for me. I still still in, still an enjoyable watch. But uh, but I didn't think it was a particularly great episode mm. overall, personally. Okay, um, okay. So before we get on to our scores mm. and wrap the episode up, um, just Capaldi, just quickly. I know we kind of saying the same things about him the last few weeks, but um, on form as usual. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he was still. Yes, he was good. No, um, he wasn't no. really given. Yeah, no, he was. He was good. I was just thinking. He, yeah, he wasn't given. Wasn't getting any Sue lines. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought he was, yeah, perfectly good. I mean, he kind of had to do the I'm going to my death again thing, right. which has been overdone a bit. But no, I thought Capaldi's just pretty steady. Yeah, I thought he was good in it. What about you? Um, I didn't enjoy it as, well, not the wrong word, really. I still enjoyed it. Um, I didn't think he was quite as strong as last week. No. Um, and that's maybe just because he didn't have as many cool lines as last week. But That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, he didn't get many quips in this week. No. Um, but overall, yeah, thought he was really, really good again. Really enjoying watching him as the Doctor at the moment. Um, yeah, no complaints, really. Not quite as strong as last week, but 
I don't really blame him for that. I think that's more just the script, really. It was. I was going to say it would have been good because we got that face off with him and and the uh, Fisher King, which kind of I don't know. Again, just sort of went nowhere, and that was that was quite a good, a bit of a wasted opportunity, I think. Because mm. uh, yeah, Capaldi was started. I mean, he looked properly scared, didn't he? It was. Yes. I don't know. It was quite a good yep. moment, but it was over just so quick. If you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I don't know. A bit of a mixed bag for me this week. A mix. Oh, okay. Let's well, let's go on to our scores, buddy. I think it's you this time. This time to go first. Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to score it a seven point five out of ten. Um, yeah. No, is it enjoyable? That's enjoyable. Yeah. Enjoyable watch. Yeah. I was going to say still good. Um, still a good episode. Still strong. Still a strong episode. But uh, but it just yeah it didn't quite hang together for me. Um, right. Certainly didn't enjoy it as much as last week. So yeah, good but not great. Okay. What about you? Uh, I will give this a seven. Oh, blimey. I thought you were going to go higher than me. New. No. Oh, okay. I'll give it a seven because um, I just felt it lost its, um, it kind of lost its sparkle. Mm. I, I think Under the Lake was such a good episode and the pacing was spot on. Um, the only The only one thing that I enjoyed this week a bit more than last week were the support cast. Yeah, you know, I thought that they they put in some really good, really, really good performances. But the rest of the stuff, so as we were saying about Clara, you know, not too great. The Doctor not as strong due to the script, um, and some other bits and pieces like the Fisher King, massive wasted opportunity there. Um, the character Prentice a bit annoying, and as we said, you know, everything's just wrapped up too tidily, too quickly at the end. Um, you know, all of those things, you know, kind of brought it down. And initially, when I first watched it the first time around, I thought it was going to be around the same as last week, 8, 8.5. Mm. But as I've watched it a couple more times and we've spoken through it, it's, um, yeah, uh, yeah, a seven. Yeah, it would, have, you know, it would have been a seven on my first watch. Um, it just it went up slightly. But I think you're right. I think the supporting cast did, did it for me. I really sort of grew to quite like them in this one. Um, so, yeah. yeah. All right, let's see what our listeners thought then so let's play our first audio review this is from our good friend jay kent hi gary and adam it's me jay here to review before the flood which was a lovely conclusion to the uh two part and i'm lucky i went back for a second viewing because the first time i watched it i did feel it was a bit naff uh, but I'm lucky I went back for the second viewing because I loved it the second time round. I loved the Fisher King, even if his mouth was a bit phallic. And the Trebovaluvian, the Trebovaluvian, the tra- David Williams mole species character. I love their species so much. It's just, they're so adorably pathetic. Uh, the scene with Cass, um, when like the ghost is chasing after and she like kneels down and feels the vibrations was the most brilliant bit of editing and directing that I've like ever seen in Doctor Who through the modern series it made it even more tense with the cutting between the sound of the axe and the sound of deafness it really added something and in fact not just that moment but the whole episode was the most tense that Who has been in a while and I think it is like that particular scene really stands out it's probably one of my favourites in Modern Who, um, tiny bit of like you know downfalls. I did feel the romance at the end was a bit forced. I mean, I could buy it with what's his name, uh, glasses and O'Donnell, but with Cass and I don't know the translator, his name escapes me. But I, uh, it's just it's a lovely message, but it didn't need to be forced like that. It don't need two couples in the scene. 
sunglasses were overpowered. Really, I feel if you're trying to dumb it down, then really dumb it down. I don't see getting rid of like the screwdriver done any help because now the only thing the screwdriver adds is just making it look silly when it's activated. And the four title sequence with Beethoven and the breaking the fourth wall with the doctor talking to the audience. Less said about that, the better. But you know, uh, really good overall. I'll give it a good 7, maybe 6.5 out of 10. You know, nothing outstanding, but it was very enjoyable. Uh, I'll be looking forward to next time with Maisie Williams. And I'll see you next week. Yeah, ta-ra. <laughs> ta-ra. <laughs> oh, I do love Jay Kent. Yeah, cheers, Chad. That was cool. Agree with a lot of stuff um, that you said there. And one of the things that um, I was meant to mention, actually, when we were talking about, like, there, was, um, there wasn't much of a threat that we saw from last week's episode. That one scene actually was quite cool where the mm. ghost is following Cass with the axe on the floor. Yeah. And she can't hear it, but we can. And yeah, so that was quite, he's coming. A, a very um, good scene. I love the fact that it had that, they did a strange effect around it, didn't they? Almost like sort of a drawing effect. It's really yeah. unusual, but it's, yeah, it's really good scene that. Yeah, very cool. I tell you, he's just Jay's just reminded me of something I forgot to say in the review as well. What was the Doctor doing in the casket all this time? If he's been in there for hundreds and thousands of years, what's he been doing in there? Um, anyway, pause texting. for thought. Yep. Yeah, texting, messing about with them blimming glasses. Anyway, yep. let's move on to the next review. Sure, let's um, actually go back to let's go to Facebook. Um, Gina D. Gros. Oh God, we're so bad with names, aren't we? Uh, Gina. <laughs> De Gregorio. Yes. Uh, brilliant episode. I admit I did have to rewatch the ending to fully grasp it, but I feel as though it tied everything up nicely. Um, uh, series 8 was fantastic, but Series 9 is blowing me away. And it's very much, um, it's pretty much cemented for me that Capaldi is officially my doctor. Uh, love the podcast, by the way, all over, all the way over in the US. Oh, thanks very much. Thank you very much, Gina. Uh, Ryan Anthony. Oh, my goodness. Um, I cannot believe how uh, magnificent this series is turning out to be. Uh, this episode wasn't great. It was perfect. Oh, what? Uh, the supporting cast were great. The Fisher King was a marvellous new invention. Uh, I really liked Clara in this episode. And of course, Capaldi was great. Uh, goes on to say, I've got no negative to say about this episode. It's one of my all-time faves. Uh, as an individual and as a two-parter, 10 out of 10. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Andrew Evans. Uh, what a great conclusion to the brilliant two-parter. Uh, I love the theme tune played out on the guitar, and I think that the Fisher King was a great new creation. Uh, I also love the past references to things like Magpie's Electronics uh, and Saxon. Uh, I definitely feel that we could be looking at one of the Twelfth Doctor's best stories, 9 out of 10. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's go to another audio review. Uh, this is our buddy Joe Sweeney. Hello, Big Blue Box podcast. Hope you boys are well, and here is my thoughts off before the flood. I thought it was quite a good episode. Um, it's fairly better than Under the Lake. Um, I like the story plot. I thought I thought it did move along with a nice pace. But there was a little few scenes that did bore me a little bit. But then it did pick up after that, which was okay. Um, and some positives. Um, I like the beginning scene where Compaldi was explained to us fans about the bootstrap paradox. And when he played the guitar, it blended in nicely with the theme tune music. And I really hope the show sticks with that theme tune music. So I'm getting sick to death of that hobble, finally screeching, finally tune. So I hope they ditch that and, um, and, and, and have, and have the, this guitar theme 
as a theme tune music, so I hope they're going to stick with it. The Sonic Shades were unused much, thank goodness, but it did suited Coleman, though, rather than Capaldi. Um, Capaldi was brilliant, but his personality to the Doctor softened again, and we still haven't seen his darker side personality to the Doctor since the British Mini episode. Coleman's performance was okay, but yet again, Clara didn't do a lot. And I like the scene, though, where she was trying to talk the Doctor out of dying, like she did with Eleventh Doctor in the Time of the Doctor episode. I thought that was quite good. Um, the Fisher King was, he looked awesome, but at the same time, he was underwhelming. He, he didn't do a lot, and he let himself be taken away by the flood so easily. If you see water hurtling towards you, you would run away. You don't just stand there and get yourself being taken by that. And also, I must, I must point out that when the power cell exploded, it looked like it exploded in a small way. No way that small explosion could have made the water dam collapse like that. It would take a lot more for, for the dam to, ex, to, ex, to, to collapse like that. Anyway, I will score under, un, oh, before the flood, an overall score of 8.5 out of 10. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the podcast, guys. I'll speak to you soon. Take care for now. Bye-bye. Cheers, Joe. Thank you very much for that one. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Good stuff. Uh, back to Facebook, Rob Jones. Uh, I absolutely love this episode. I felt it benefited me more uh, re-watching Under the Lake a few hours before. Uh, theme tune was absolutely sensational. <laughs> uh, I thoroughly think that it suits Peter's uh, Doctor much more uh, than the one featured in other stories, and it's always great to watch an episode which I believe is proper who, in quote marks. Uh, keep up with a great podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks. Um, ben Smith uh, wow uh, it was even better than last week's um, Capaldi is at his best and all the supporting cast were fully developed and likeable um, the pre-credits were awful and whilst the Fisher King looked impressive he was a little underused uh, otherwise this uh, was phenomenal uh, Whithouse for the next showrunner um, as a two-parter he gets 9 out of 10 All right. Um, we've got an amazing uh, review left by um, our buddy Jeff Waddle as usual oh, yeah excellent uh, he says i don't understand what the hell was going on <laughs> that's his review thank you very much thanks jeff um sammy Satine, uh, brilliant episode love the 12th doctor with his guitar uh, i want more of it uh, also love the rock and roll theme tune i hope they keep it uh, wasn't the fisher king just too real uh, he did look very good uh, i mean the amount of time effort energy and prosthetics that went into making this creature and he looks so realistic uh, cass was awesome uh, poor O'Donnell. Prentice didn't do much, though, sadly. Uh, Clara is really dependent on the Doctor, isn't she? Very needy. Uh, looking forward to next week. Uh, let's crack on with Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary and Adam from the Big New Box podcast. Um, this is my review of Before the Flood. I keep getting those titles mixed up. But this episode was great. I really liked it. Um, definitely better than last week. And I don't give last week a 10 out of 10 but I guarantee you can tell what's wrong. I'm going to give it now. But I really like this episode, especially the Doctor. Now, I know people didn't like the big fourth wall breaking. Um, pre sequence, but I liked it. And I don't like rock, but I like the new theme. It's better than the cat screechy music. But, um... The episode itself is really good. I really like the Doctor. He's great in this episode, especially when him and Bennett are at like he heads with each other because 
obviously O'Donnell has died and that scene was great um, and Bennett was very angry at the doctor and he pretty much told the doctor the truth that the doctor would only go back to say people that he cares about like himself or Clara Cass, Clara and Lon were great <sighs> they really had a lot to do in this episode and it was good to see that they got together at the end because you all knew they would and he really felt sorry for Bennett when he didn't get uh, uh, O'Donnell. It, it's all like, aww. Because you really get emotionally attached to these characters. But the Fisher King. The Fisher King was great. I liked the Fisher King. He definitely had a good look to him. And and that's pretty much all I got to say. I give this episode 11 million out of 10. Uh, but yeah guys keep doing well on the podcast because you're doing great thank you very much Alex lastly Lewis Palmer he's put uh, what I really don't know opening was ridiculous it felt very very disconnected from the magnificent under the lake I'm really angry about this uh, talk about a slip in quality uh, Fisher King was great but so underused uh, uh, this show is a lottery one week is great and the next isn't uh, Gary this has burnt the bacon Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, I should have played the rant clip before that, Lewis. Yeah. Um, let's finish up with some audio. This is our uh, good friend Matt from the Whoedics Reviews. Hey, Adam. Hey, Gary. Hope you're both well. Now, on Saturday, Adam's initial reaction to Before the Flood I don't think was very good. And I loved it. And everyone else I've spoke to has either thought it was all right or really disliked it. So, Gary... Please, please, please tell me that you like this episode. Like, really, really like it. Because I don't see what's wrong with it. I thought it was fantastic. 12 had his best episode since Mummy on the Orient Express. The way that he knew O'Donnell was, was going to die and he, he needed to know to clarify his, his theory was just great. We saw Clara finally have a good part to play as her obsession over the Doctor came out once again. And I hope that continues to plan into... However she leaves, hopefully she dies. Um, the group were fantastic. They were so much better than last week. I cared for every one of them, especially O'Donnell when she died. That was quite sad. It was nice to see a refreshing death for once, not like a death but then comes back to life, which Moffat does, like a full-on death. Um, the Fisher King was, was really good too, although I wish he would have been on screen a bit more. The ghosts continued to be great. I cannot get over that scene where that ghost was, was stalking Cass with the axe. That was beautifully done. Um, and the whole timey-wimey aspect was, was done really well by Whithouse too. And as much as I don't like the sonic shades, they weren't overused. They were used well. The hologram thing was, was clever, trapping the ghosts. So, yeah, all, all around it was a good mix of horror, sci-fi and um, timey-wimeyness. So, I don't see what the problem is. Apart from Prentice being underused, maybe the Fisher King, and that pre-title sequence, I, I, I don't know what that was. It led to an amazing theme tune, but the pre-title sequence was just like, what, what? So other than that, I loved it, and I can't see a really big problem. I'd probably go as far as to say it's the best all-round Doctor Who episode this series. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, and the overall two-parter, an 8.5. Cheers, Matthew. Cheers, Matt. Yeah, I do love the theme, actually. I've got to say, it does suit Capaldi, that rockier theme. Yeah, they do, it was cool. It does suit his character at the moment. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if they kept it. And yeah. Matthew, he agrees with me. 
<laughs> did you have anything do you have anything on geeks at all uh, i had a couple on geeks yeah our old friend Stuart stockwin personally i think it was slightly better as last week felt slow and this week had just the pacing toby just needs to stick to standalone eps in my opinion also the theme titles ugh, bring back the 2008 theme he says Ooh. okay that'd be cool so, yeah, I like the, I'd prefer the older themes as well. Stephen Bailey, it was okay. The start was strange as hell. Love the new theme. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get to hear it again, though. I reckon it was a one-off, but we'll see. Um, Callum Johnston, every second was brilliant. 10 out of 10. Whoa. Fraser Lockley, loving the new theme. The narration to the camera is new, but natural. And best of all, watched it with my eight-year-old, and she was scared, silly, loved it. Eight... Point twenty five. Oh, sorry, talking about the time. Eight twenty five. A tad late for a Saturday night family show, but such is the nature of modern Who. Yeah, I wish they'd stick to a normal time. Uh, Andy Spencer just says it worked for me. Smiley face. Jace Harrells, I really liked it. Loved the rock guitar opening titles. Andy Frankamallen rings a bell. He <laughs> says, uh, "Hi, Andy." He says, uh, "Superior to the first pine every way." Cool. Uh, clever use of the bootstrap paradox too and love the guitar who theme okay whoa whoa uh dean jones i'd say under the lake was the better part but it was a solid conclusion and two more we got cousins 2019 he says much better than episode three love the timey wimey bit of white wit house does it so much better than moffat has done in the past don't really understand how they tied it all up together that bit at the start with the Capaldi breaking the fourth wall was good, and the guitar titles were amazing. Cousins is giving it 9 out of 10. Mm. And finally, Harry Westergaard says, a worthy conclusion. I love the pre-title scene, and I like that we got off the underwater base. Paul K was good, and Capaldi was great. So okay. thanks for your comments, guys. Amazing. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah. Really, really cool. Really, really appreciate you guys sending in your audio clips and stuff and your facebook comments as usual and i think overall it was it's done very very well i think it's i think the average score is probably a a nine an 8.5 or a nine i would say yeah yeah i think pretty much it was enjoyed as i say i think um i think so far the this series has got off to a great start um, i didn't think it was a brilliant episode but i still really enjoyed it i still think the first four episodes we've got in series nine have, have been great um i'm just wondering what would you rate it as an overall two-parter though because people seem to be doing that a lot so we i think last week i scored eight out of ten this week 7.5 out of ten um so i'd probably give it as an overall two-parter i'd probably give it a 8.5 out of ten what about you um yeah, I think as a two-parter, um, it would probably be an 8 or an 8.5. Yeah, it's quite a good one. Yeah, I mean, maybe higher. Maybe Yeah, probably an 8.5, I would say. Uh, yeah. yeah, Under the Lake certainly um, boosted that score up a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, as an overall, it's, don't, get, don't get us wrong. We, we haven't scored it a 9 or a 10, but it's still, it was a very, very good story. It was still a good watch. Yeah, and Series 9 is off to a belter. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. Let's hope yeah. next week is is another one because it's. Um, I've got high hopes because it's Jamie Mathisa next week, and I wow. Well, yeah. I would. Yeah, I got high hopes. Yeah. So next one uh, next week is the girl who died. Yes. Which is going to be cool. That's Maisie Williams, right? 
<laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maisie Williams. Just, I'm just laughing because it seems, yeah, it seems to be like um, a real big thing. Maisie Williams. <laughs> like you can't say next week's episode about saying Maisie Williams. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're really, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, Jamie Maseason, brilliant tick. Uh, Maisie Williams, brilliant tick. Peter Capaldi, brilliant tick. So yeah, bring it on. Bring it on, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, cool. Um, so seven for me, 7.5 for you. Yeah. Well, was it 8.5 for you? Oof, no, 7.5. 7.5, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to wrap there, dude. Let's do it. Thank you very much for sticking with us for episode 60. Um, it's been a really cool one. Enjoyed chatting through news, convention stuff. Yeah. And uh, before the flood. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to next week, though. I'm really intrigued as to what's going on. I've seen the, the couple of trailers that have been put out. Yeah. So I'm intrigued as to what's going on. Vikings, isn't it? Vikings next yeah. week. Or Some are they? Guy with, well, or are they? Or yeah. are they? Yeah. Oh, and I've just thought this is the episode with those funny tin men yes. in it. And I love the look of them. Yeah, yeah cool. really. Yeah. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. Um, so, trivia. Last week, we asked you, uh, Tom Baker wanted a talking version of which vegetable is his companion? <laughs> and the answer, of course, is a cabbage. Of course. Believe it or not. Of course, yeah. Um, and Ben Smith got that right over on Facebook. Well done, Ben. This week, um, seeing as we met uh, the lovely uh, Sophie Aldred at the convention, here's a question about Ace. Uh, really simple one. What football team does Ace support? Um, she did say it a couple of times, I believe, mm. throughout her tenure as the companion. Um, so jump onto Twitter and Facebook and give us your answer for that. We'll read the correct ones out next week. Uh, yeah, so what football team does Ace support? Yeah. Mm. Simple, but potentially difficult if you haven't seen all of the Ace stories. I, I've just had to have a sneaky look at the answer because I love <laughs> Ace, but I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've looked at it, and of course I've looked at it now and gone, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, Ace. we <laughs> got on, work Ace. to do. Unlimited rice pudding. Rice pudding. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> head out, head over to where uh, you've thrown me off now. I wish I'd got him to write that in the in the book now. Anyway. Unlimited rice, rice pudding. pudding. Head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. From there, you can listen to all the past episodes and you can jump off to Twitter and Facebook and give us a like and a follow on there. Also, surely check out the amazing Geeks Handbag channel on YouTube and Facebook. Thank you. Some very, very good videos there. Go and subscribe and give them a watch. Yeah. Um, we will see you next time. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, Alonzi! Alonzi!